This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome to Sense 1899 the Ohio State women's basketball podcast, which might be the only women's basketball team-specific podcast on SB Nation. Back in 1899, The Lantern wrote about Ohio State women's basketball team preparing for the Columbus City Basketball Championship. This podcast is going to talk about Ohio State basketball all the way back from 1899 till today. The first episode is especially special... That's because Adrian Johnson, member of the 92-93 NCAA runners-up Buckeyes team, is on the show. Johnson is now an assistant athletic director and coach at the University of Louisville. In this exclusive interview, Johnson talks about influencing a team of high-performing players like the Louisville Cardinals, and then traces her basketball journey back to how a Louisville, Kentucky native chose Ohio State. Her move to the WNBA is the first Ohio State player to score a point in the Premier Women's Basketball League, the work she's put in along the way, and how she still roots for the Buckeyes and is excited for another matchup between the Cardinals and her alma mater. There's also a companion piece to this interview on LandGrantHolyLand.com with the article linked in the podcast description. Thanks for listening. As the season progresses, look for more interviews, special guests, and coverage of the Ohio State women's basketball team. Make sure you subscribe to Landgrant Holy Land on your podcast app of choice to hear more from the Buckeyes football and men and women's basketball teams. Here's the interview with Adrian Johnson. I wanted to start with your current role at, at Louisville. Uh, you've been with the school now, what, almost almost 20 years? Almost. It's 17. Yes. 17. Okay. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's close enough. <laughs> when you're out, that's, that's, that's still really impressive. Uh, you're, you're the assistant athletic director. You've held a, a lot of different roles at the school, but now what does your kind of job entail? What does your day-to-day look like working with athletes, uh, working in the program? Yeah, no. Um, well, I wear many different hats and, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't say it's a really a traditional role. Um, I think I've been really blessed just to, you know, have, uh, you know, administrators and ADs and our senior women's administrator and our head coach kind of tailor a position for me and for a skill set. And, um, you know, it's just not cookie cutter anymore. Um, you know, I've been a student athlete and when you're a student athlete, it's just really complex. A lot of us just look at just the on the court stuff, but, you know, uh, student athletes are human beings and they're trying to, they have dreams and goals and they're trying to, uh, you know, get a college degree and, you know, there's expectations and people in their ear and, <laughs> um, you know, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. And uh, just, just a lot of stressors in the world. And um, so my role is I think a combination of administrative and a little bit of a coaching role. 
Mm. Uh, it's a lot of player development. Uh, this year, I'm allowed to actually get on the floor and work with them from a basketball standpoint. So that's what's new for me this year, where my role is more uh, off the court. I do pretty much uh, all of our fundraising along with uh, our head coach, Coach Walls. Um, you know, I would call the games on the radio during games and uh, really a lot of the uh, I guess what you can consider personal and professional development off the court. And uh, that's the that was my primary role with women's basketball, probably like the last, uh, I don't know, I guess you can say seven years or so. Uh, and it's a lot of fun because you've been in their shoes. And you're trying to find ways to kind of help them. It's really not about me anymore, but if you can help them cut the learning curve in some areas, because <laughs> what we're asking them to do is really hard. Um, at Louisville, Coach Walls has pretty much built this thing to a point. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a perennial program. Um, and there are expectations that are, you know, you feel like it's final four or bust, or, you know, you're trying to win national championships. So it's very demanding. Uh, at the same time, we're also asking you to be, be the best you can be in the classroom. And so to try to help them navigate those waters is a lot of what I do. Mm -hmm. yes. And you mentioned uh, like being back on the court. How How is that? Yeah, no, <laughs> it's different. And I totally, you know, you watch the coaches, what they do from afar. But when you're in it, you know, it's a it's a skill set within itself, the ability to be able to be patient to teach, to motivate, um, to be creative, to try and see what you can do to pull the best out of a student athlete is a different skill set. And, um, you know, you're the one that's talking to them when they have a bad day and things like that. But now you're kind of sometimes that person that's you're the pusher, right? Mm -hmm. And you're trying to, you know, you're the one who's also demanding, um, the best out of them as well. Uh, but it's on the court versus off the court. Um, so now it's a mix of both. And I'm, you know, you try to find that balance between um, how far can you push them? And when are the days that they just need to talk and they just need a hug and tell them it's going to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, the game is it's different. I mean, basketball is basketball, but the way that players train now you know they come in they've been working with trainers and <laughs> the way that they want to train there's a lot of WNBA and NBA style training that they're being exposed to early on um there's a lingo that's different that when you're trying to teach them and uh lingo even for me when that we we've integrated a new assistant coach and so there's just different ways of learning the game even though you played the game uh, there's just different perspectives and viewpoints that you get a chance to really look up close that you really didn't get to see before. And, and you're talking about the the stressors that they have, you know, off the court and on the court. Yes. What, how important is it then just in your role and having relationships with players? How huge is that? It is. It's really important because we are in a relationship business. You have to you know, when they sign with you, any university or program, but when they come to University of Louisville, we make a commitment to them that we're going to take care of them. Um, and uh, you're trying to, um, again, try to get the best out of them. And, um, you know, you've got 
you know, people there in their ear, you've got social media, you know, these are players that they're McDonald's all Americans. They've been told how wonderful and how great they are. And then you come to college and everybody's great. And then you're trying to find out where do I fit in with all the other good players that were just like me. So there's that level of questioning. Am I good enough? Mm. Uh, For the first time, some of them are feeling like, why is it all of a sudden I feel like I don't know what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) You know, so uh, and, and those are the challenges, right? You're trying to when you play at the big times basketball programs, um, you're trying to, uh, figure out how to pull together all this talent and make it work like a, like a symphony, like an orchestra, that these are players that, you know, you're handpicked. We want you to come here, but it all has to fit. And so, uh, you know, those are the challenges. Those are the stresses for these players with social media, all that stuff. Um, you know, you know, what people are saying about you, what think people are saying about your program. You know, you just have all these different, um, you know, uh, you know, these different elements that affect affect their mindset. And, um, you know, for them, what they're learning is where you are in the moment of where you're at. You have to be two feet in. You have to trust what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's where the relationships come in. Um, Do they to trust us? You have to know that when I get on you you know that I, I'm only want the best for you. And so those days when we come off the court and maybe coach Walls has been barking at them, but they need to come in and talk. We're, we're, we're the first ones to, you know, give them a hug or, you know, give them the opportunity to speak or share something that's been really difficult for them to share with anyone else, because we're the, we're the home away from home. We're the family members away from home. Mm-hmm. And so that's where those relationships matter because, we are demanding a lot from you, but if you don't trust someone, if you don't, if I don't know that you care about me, Thomas, and then when you get on me, it's a little easier for me to take because I really know that you really care about me. Yeah. That's huge. And, and trust, like you mentioned, that's, that's such a big part of it. And, and you come from a, a history of, of playing the game and you played collegiately also. Um, so I, I kind of want to talk about your own time playing with Ohio state and your professional career too. Um, you, you're from Louisville. Yes. Right? It's your hometown. Yeah. And uh, you chose Ohio State for basketball. I know you said now Louisville is like a perennial team, but mm-hmm. back when you chose Ohio State, was Louisville an option or what kind of enticed you to come over to Columbus? Uh, no, very good question. At the time, Louisville women's basketball was not the level that it is today. Right. But I did know early on Western Kentucky was the staple program. And, um, you know, as I went through the recruiting process, I did, I was heavily recruited by Kentucky. Um, I think, and I was heavily recruited, uh, you know, I was recruited a little bit by Western Kentucky, but I also knew that they had all the great players coming out of the state. Um, so in my mind, I knew that it would probably be best for me to leave the state. If you're from Louisville, I was a Louisville fan. I'd be damned if I go to Kentucky, right? <laughs> I just could not see myself in blue. There, I said it. But what did it for me was I simply went on a visit. And I think I I went to a, uh, uh, I was invited to uh, Ohio State women's basketball camp. Um, And Ohio State was one of the letters I received because I would go to these uh, 
what do they call them? Like, like these blue chip camps. And it was in Rensselaer, Indiana. And you would go and that's where they evaluate you. And then they liked you. They sent you these letters. I had a shoebox full of letters, but Ohio State was one of the first. But I remember Nancy Darsh uh, at the time uh, invited me to come up to camp. And I really fell in, I fell in love with, you know, I didn't know much about Ohio State. It just felt good. I loved the way the players treated me. I felt like I was a part of something. And it was the relationship that I had built over that, you know, small, small amount of time uh, in, in camp. And it just felt right. Um, you know, in our minds, I think we try to make these, you know, when you're good, you're going to have a chance to go to a good program. But it really comes down to a gut feeling and you're going to be spending time with players and coaches. Is this a group of people that I feel like I can get along with and do I feel safe? And that's the way it feels. Honestly, that is the reason why I came to Ohio State. And I didn't have that feeling anywhere else. And, and in that first season, too, that relationship, I mean, went to the NCAA yeah. championship game. I know had a, a, a buzzsaw in Texas Tech, and it was, oh. that was kind of tough. But um, can you kind of walk through your Ohio State career? I know it's it's four seasons. There's a lot. But how would yeah. you kind of uh, assess your time here with Clarence? Um, you know, I had, a, I had a great experience. You know, looking back. I believe it was myself, uh, Katie Smith, Gianna Jackson, Lisa Negri, Negri and um, Kelly Ferguson. And I believe we were the number one recruiting class in the country at that time. Uh, Katie Smith was by far, she's Miss Ohio. She wanted to probably run for mayor or governor. She could probably <laughs> win it. And, um, you know, we were part of something special. Uh, and that was a special year because not only was it the freshman class and Katie Smith, and she could stand alone but we had an exceptional senior class and we had a chance to kind of see what real what leadership looked like I believe Avril Roberts and um, Lisa Sebastian and Nick, Nikki Keaton and um, oh there was someone else there was a point guard I can't believe I'm forgetting her name but Audrey Bar- uh, Audrey 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 can't remember her last name but that was a heck of a senior class that, and we had a heck of a senior, a, a freshman class. And it was a special year. Um, when that senior class left, like we played, we played Texas Tech. We lost by two. Cheryl Swoops had like 47 points. <laughs> and it was really all a blur because it was all our first experience in college. That's what we know, right? Well, the next year, th- that senior class, th- they move on. We were still a part of being one of the best recruiting classes in the country, but we didn't even make the NCAA tournament the next year. Mm -hmm. So just a lesson in knowing the importance of leadership and how much they brought to the table, because now that young class is now sophomores where we're the ones that were supposed to be leading. And you probably had one or two seniors that probably really didn't play much and it was kind of up to us. And after that, I think we we didn't even make the NCAA tournament our my sophomore year. Junior and senior year, you know, it was maybe first, second round, right? So as disappointed as it was that we kind of there was a huge falling off. Um 
individually, Katie and myself were able to develop ourselves to a point where the WNBA rolled around. And I believe the ABL was first and Katie played in the ABL. And then the WNBA rolled around right after that and um, just had the honor of being able to just graduate college and be ready for the inaugural season for the WNBA. And, and, and you mentioned the, the WNBA and going to there. Was there like a choice between the ABL or the WNBA or was it an opportunity where he's like, I know Cleveland, they came calling to sign you. We were like, this is the chance I'm going for it. How did that, how did that decision come about? Well, the ABL rolled around and I, they had tryouts and the tryouts were just ridiculous. It was just like a free for all. There was just women coming out of the woodworks, right? I mean, those that have maybe have dreamed about it and it was past their time, but they just wanted the opportunity. Everybody came out to try out. And I believe we were at Emory University in Atlanta. And I just remember they were, there were some people that were like, people like Katie Smith and those guys were going to make the league. And I probably made it down to the last cuts. And so as disappointing as it was, in my mind, I knew that I think it was our, my, our senior year when they announced all like the ABL and then the WNBA was going to roll around. So you're kind of preparing. You don't know what this is going to look like, but I knew that this at least was going to be an opportunity to maybe do something a little to do something with basketball professionally or I was going to have to get a job. Right. Um, and you just don't know, you don't know how long it's going to last. I didn't make uh, the cuts for the ABL, the WNBA rolled around. And I think what was cool about that was that probably a lot of the talent pool or the ones that were hot at that moment were all in the ABL, but then you were coming off that a 1996 Olympic year where you had Lisa Leslie and those guys, mm-hmm. they were the staples of the WNBA. And so it just, I think by having the ABL around, it opened the door for players like me. I wasn't an All-American. You know, I we happened to have a great freshman year. I was maybe second team all Big Ten. And it wasn't like I was just a huge standout, but I just worked my butt off. And I think for me, the things that kind of fell in place where I was pretty strategic about trying out for the WNBA. And I just didn't want to be someone that just shows up amongst the masses like everybody else. So what they did was the teams in the WNBA, I think there were eight teams originally, and they were all going to hold their own tryouts. So I wasn't going to take my ass to Utah, wasn't going to go there. (laughs) Nancy Darsh and Melissa McFerrin, who were my college coaches, were the New York coaches. So Mm -hmm. in my mind, I People always say, well, why wouldn't you go to New York? Well, sometimes coaches can know too much about you, right? (laughs) (laughs) So Cleveland had a team and Linda Hill McDonald was the coach. And Linda Hill McDonald was at Minnesota. So she knew me well enough to know that I was good because she chose me to play on a Big Ten All-Star team. And I just kind of felt like, there, there was some, some familiarity there with me, right? Um, and it was going to be in Cleveland. Why not? Ohio State, come up the road there, about, uh, a couple more hours. And I just developed a plan. I had a, a degree in exercise uh, 
physiology and I like to write up workout programs. So I wrote one up for myself and I stuck to it for a year. And um, because in 96, that was our last year, my senior year, but you took an extra year to graduate. So I'd use that year to train. And uh, 97, I go and I decide I was going to try out for the Cleveland Rockers. And I had a, a workout plan. And before you know it, I think there was maybe 200 people there trying out for four spots. Yep. And wow. uh, yep. And I felt pretty good about my performance. And by the time the trials were over and we got back, I got a phone call and they said they were, I was going to be one of the four. And um, so what we were considered were developmental players. We were players that were going to, we could practice, um, but we weren't going to travel. Uh, so if someone got hurt, you could move up. You had these four slots of people that they were going to keep around. That if someone got hurt, you could move them around. And so they, we were told to come to training camp. We had a contract FedEx to us. We signed it and uh, headed up for training camp. That was like in April, no, in May, I believe. It probably end of April, May, something like that. So I go through training camp and... I felt like I had a chance to actually make the team. So there was not until training camp was over that they put together the full roster. So they, they had already had their draft. They did the, they did the tryouts for the teams. And then from there we go to training camp and they cut two of the roster spots and they moved myself and uh, Rusha Brown up. And from then on, eight years later, I was in the league. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I mean, you, you're not just in the league, but you, you're the first Buckeye to score any points in the WNBA. You know, I did not know that until you said it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> so you set the stage for like Katie Smith and now you have like Jontel Lavender and you have Kelsey Mitchell in the league. What did yes. you, what did you learn about? Uh, well, first, what was the league kind of like in, in the early days and in the early couple of years? And then what did you learn of kind of about your game and the game in general? Well, I learned one, there were a lot of pretty amazing women's basketball players that never seen or heard of because you just didn't get to see them play on TV. And now I'm playing with them. So I, it allowed me to brush up on my history of women's basketball. Um, you know, Katie and those guys, they were playing in the ABL and those were probably more, so more, more your most popular players that were probably right out of college versus this league you had Cynthia Cooper and you had Lisa Lessie and those guys that they had been playing overseas for a while um but they were part of the Olympic team and so that was neat about that and then what I learned about myself was that man if you really want something bad enough and I had together a plan I knew in my heart that I felt like that I could compete at the level um and I really stuck with it. And from there, it just kind of continued to prove to myself that 
um, you know, dreams can be reached. And it, it, because I had the physical capability. So it wasn't something I'm shooting, you know, I'm, I'm just pulling something out of the dark saying, oh, okay, I want to do this. But there was something I was built for it. I felt like I was built for it, but because I wasn't a name at the time, you know, I wasn't an All-American, I wasn't an Olympian, but to go out and to be able to prove something to yourself that I can belong. And um, when I ended up with Orlando Miracle to see that, you know, I made a jump from, um, I was probably not even the sixth man. I probably was like a seventh, eighth man in Cleveland for two years. And then that expansion draft came around. I was in Orlando and I was deeper on the bench from there, but I took a summer to really put together a really good training plan with some uh, big time trainers that were there at the time. Uh, his name was Pat Etchberry. And, and I remember the facility was called, uh, was it called sports performance systems? And uh, they had trained all kind of like tennis pros and those guys. And, um, and the, how I came across the group was um, our athletic trainer in the summer in Orlando. She was a, uh, she was an athletic trainer at that facility. And I happened to have a little nagging injury. She said, well, why don't you come over here and let me work on whatever the injury was at the time. And I just saw the facility. I said, wow. I said, it would be really neat if I could work out at a place like this. And she said, well, why don't you go talk to Pat? Well, I mean, it was like a thousand dollars a month to work, there, like to even get the basic Jeez. training. I said, I don't have that. She said, just talk to him, see what he says. I go meet the guy. He asked me, he, he tells, I introduced, I'll tell him who I am. And I told him what, you know, you know, what I really would want to do with you train at a place like this. We really like to see how far along could I get in my training if I had something like this. And he basically asked me, what can you afford? And I said, I think it was like three or 400 bucks a month or something like that. He's like, okay, show up tomorrow at nine o'clock. And it changed my life. So I went to averaging what, four points a game to 13 points a game the next season. And uh, I was on the all-star ballot and our team made it to the playoffs further than we ever had. And it was, it was just a pretty amazing experience. And they were just, again, things that you continue to prove to yourself. If you had a plan and you really stuck with it and you had conviction and you had tools and resources that would help you get that, that it could be done. And it was a pretty amazing experience for me. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that was pretty much kind of how that played out. And, you know, I, I think I ended up having an Achilles tendon tear, had it sit out for a year. And then from there, that team was sold to Connecticut. Um, and then I had like a nagging injury, like with my knee and had it cleaned up and, I got released from Connecticut and I got a call from Seattle and, and Donovan asked me to come join the Seattle storm. And I had signed a two-year contract and dude, the injuries just kept piling mm. up. And I just said, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So eight years after that, I just figured, you know, and my mom and dad weren't doing well health wise. And it was just the time to just bow out gracefully while I could. <laughs> and, and you said eight years, that's still, a long experience, especially you see the league now and players will play for a year or two and then they have to go to Europe to keep going. Yeah. And they're talking about expansion to let, because the game is growing so much. And that those eight years though, does that kind of resonate with the the Louisville players now on, on the roster or is that 
is that stories they don't really know about or do they ask you about no, it? No, it's does funny that... because <laughs> Coach Walls always, you know, you're like, you get somebody right here that can tell you what it's like. And the respect is there, you know. I know that they don't, they're not seeing me on TV, but we do have the conversations and they do ask questions and um, they do know that I also know people that are still, you know, Katie Smith and those guys, they're coaches in the WNBA. So they really do respect the feedback and honor the feedback that, I, that I'm able to give them. Because really at the end of the day, basketball is basketball. I do know what they're looking for. I do know what it takes to be able to, it's one thing to get drafted. It's another thing to sustain a career. And that's at any league, right? Um, and now, as you see with the league, you're seeing first-round draft picks get cut, which is unfortunate. It's time for the league to grow. Um, but I don't know financially are we there yet to grow the league. And these are the tough decisions that, you know, the WNBA is coming to. But there's a lot of really good talent and a lot of young women that deserve to play in this league. It's just not enough room. There's not enough jobs. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's difficult. Uh, and is, is that hard work? Is there anything else you give to those players? And I know, like Ohio State, they have a couple of players who are aspiring for that level. I'm sure Louisville also. It, it's, I mean, with the transfer portal and everything, Louisville is a hot market to get into yeah. because of how strong the team is. Like, what else do you tell the players? I think the main thing that really stands out that's it's a lesson that we don't learn until it's all said and done and the ball's not bouncing anymore but basketball's what we do it's not who we are mm -hmm. and that's my main message to them because I can't guarantee just because you work hard it's going to work out right our identity is so tied to what we do mm -hmm. and when things don't work out the depression sets in and when someone's not cheering for you and when someone when you get hurt and now you're trying to crack back in the lineup and you're wondering, will I ever play again? What if I don't play again? What am I going to do? Who am I? That's the biggest lesson that I always try because no one talks about it enough. You've been doing playing sports all your life. And then all of a sudden you have to retire. You're done and you're finished. To retire, even let's say you play up until 40. Well, I don't know. What else? What, else, what, what am I going to do from 40 on? Who am I? What's important to me? What is it that I can do that I love as much as this thing here, right? We're not playing instruments. We're not singing. We're not writing or composing. We're not doing these things that you can do probably for a little bit more of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. And those are more of the messages because I think that resonates with more people because more people are not going to make it than make it, right? And it's okay to do your best because if you can sleep at night and think to yourself, I gave it my best. There are, there are no, if I would have, could have, should have, you can feel pretty damn good about what you were able to leave behind at your university mm -hmm. and people will be able to speak to that. And if people can speak to the fact of how you handled yourself, how you handled adversity, how you approached the game, how you approached your opportunity, then that says a lot, right? So those are my conversations with these young women and that the skills that you have in basketball that you learn through playing this sport, 
What I love about basketball is that you, you fail, you lose a game, you have turnovers, but you know what? There's a game like in two days and you get the chance to try to rectify it and make it right and do it better, right? I think the same thing sometimes in life, you know, you, you, you put yourself out there, you do something, it's not so great. It makes you not afraid to fail, put yourself out there. Okay, let me try to do it, do it better this time. And then that becomes like a mindset, right? Where some people just stay on the sidelines and now nah, I don't think I want to try that again. But with basketball, it, you know, there's a, it's just transcendent with, I think a lot of life lessons. Um, you never know unless you try and it's okay when you fail, you know, and make mistakes, you can learn from those mistakes and try to make it better. And you keep at it. It's about the process. Cause once you get to the destination, it's kind of like you're trying to do it all over again anyway to get there. Hmm. So how can I enjoy myself through the process? Okay. We, we go to a final four last year. Woohoo. Yeah. Guess what? We're trying to do the same thing this year. And we're starting from the bottom. Right. <laughs> and it hasn't been as smooth this year. So this is new. Right. So what's the lesson in. Wow. You know, I think we've dropped from. We dropped out of the top 10 this week for the first time in five years. We're pretty prideful about that it really pisses me off. Right. But for some of the new young ladies that are with us, they, they don't know the standard that we've been able to set. And you benefited from past players by coming here. It's your job to help sustain that level of excellence. And we're struggling. So new challenges this year, right? And you got to almost kind of find, learn how to embrace the challenge in trying to get this thing back up to where we want it to be, you know? And we'll have an opportunity versus number four, Ohio State. <laughs> <laughs> which it should be a good one. It should be a good one. I, I, I think it's going to be exciting. And, and we already said you're from Louisville. You work for Louisville. Whenever like the, the Cardinals cap comes off, whenever the work cap comes off, is there any part of you that's still like roots for the Buckeyes? I know Wednesday, I know where your allegiance is, but yeah. <laughs> like, what about like your connection to the Buckeyes today? Since oh, for you're sure. Sport? Um, First of all, Kevin McGuff has done a great job. I think last year and this year, probably his probably his best coaching job in terms of what he's what he's working with, right? He, he even had Kelsey Mitchell there. And I think the furthest they went was maybe the Sweet 16. And we don't know even what this team is going to do. But I do keep up with them. Been watching their games. Um, and, you know, even same thing with football. I was like, what the hell? You know, you know we... <laughs> A tough weekend I mean, for football. Yeah, it was a tough weekend. It's like, what's going on? So I definitely keep up uh, when, you know, when Louisville's not in the mix. Uh, it, it's Louisville and Ohio State in my heart. You know, it's, that's where it is. And when we're playing each other, obviously, we'll be trying to beat the Buckeyes. But it does do me proud to see them like, oh, well, when was the last time they, we were ranked number four in the country? That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time. It's because since we've come back, everybody's been wanting to celebrate this 93 team, the 93 team that went to the uh, national championship game that year. But I like to see them continue. I think when Jim Foster was there, there was a lot of big 10 championships, conference championships, but I like to kind of see, you know, where they're going to take it this year. Um, but I'm definitely happy. And it, it makes me proud to, you know, 
wear the scarlet and gray when I see them doing as well as they're doing. Uh, and I take up for them and when they're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, they made the announcement recording this on Monday. The uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge is done with the yeah. TV rights and all that stuff. So it might be uh, a while before Ohio State and Louisville have this, you know, regular pattern of being able to play each other. It, are, are you able to give your own prediction of how you see Wednesday's game going? Because Ohio State, the, playing Tennessee at home is one thing, but going to Louisville is is a whole different kind of kind of game. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I think Ohio State has an identity this year, and they, they, do, do, they do great with pressure defense, and they can fire threes, okay? Uh, Mike Sell is doing a nice job, and uh, Sheldon and uh, all those guys, they're just doing a great job of really playing aggressive, um, up-tempo style of basketball, initiating uh, turnovers, scoring off of those turnovers. I think they're scoring 40% of their points off of, off of turnovers. Louisville's not to take care of the ball, right? So for us, as on the Louisville side, it, and, and handle that pressure, because they're going to press, they're going to try to turn you over, and then they, they get the ball out in transition. They run to the three-point line, they try to, and they knock down the, that three ball. Uh, for us, it's going to be taking care of the basketball um, and uh, making sure that we take, you know, smart shots. You know, in the past, we've been able to uh, – we were a knockdown three-point shooting team. Not so much this year, but uh, I think we can get out and run and but pick our moments when we do that. But we're really going to have to execute our offense and make Ohio State guard, I think. Yeah. So I think it's, it's going to be – I think it's yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be fun for for everybody, and it's not too far away too. It's only a few hour drive for folks yeah. in Columbus, so right. it should be a <laughs> exciting atmosphere. Yes, but thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate uh, learning more about you know your your time with the Buckeyes and playing professionally. This has been really great. Oh no, awesome! I've enjoyed doing this. Thank you for the opportunity. 